podcast. As I have stated before, the monthly theme is Snowbound December. And as you will have seen from the title of this episode, the book that I'm going to be talking about today is Freeze by Kate Simons or Simance. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her last name, but this is a book that fits perfectly into our monthly theme, which was a lot trickier than I thought it was going to be. I actually went to the bookstore and I was like, okay, I need to find, you know, three or four books, like also for the book club that's set in the snow. And for some reason, I thought that that would be pretty easy to find, but it turned out to be a little bit of a struggle and I needed one last book. And I was like, desperately like searching all of the shelves. And it was my boyfriend who actually found this book. And he's like, hey, like, I think this fits the theme. Sounds really interesting. And I was like, this is perfect. But if I am being totally honest, just based on the cover alone, and I've said this before, obviously do not judge a book by its cover. But sometimes a cover can kind of clue you in a little bit, right? Like sometimes you can kind of tell, okay, this is probably going to be leaning a little bit more towards like a YA audience or like romance books have like a very distinct kind of like cover style. Like sometimes it does kind of clue you in. And this book did kind of have a cover that was kind of giving like airport read. Like one of those books that you would see at the airport, one of those bookshops that's like on one of those like spinning like racks, you know? which is also like the same type of book that you'd see like at your parents' house if you're visiting them like on like a coffee table or their nightstand. And that's not to imply that it's like a bad book or anything like that, but it's not one that I've heard, you know, discussed on Book Talk and Bookstagram, which is also not a sign of a good book as we have discussed at length many, many times. So again, this is not a marker of whether it was like a good book or not a good book, but it was just one that I didn't really know what to expect from it. And ultimately, this ended up being a highly, highly entertaining read. I'm just going to say up front that this is definitely a book slash author that I would really recommend to take on vacation or if you do want something that is highly entertaining, but you're not somebody who likes romance books. Like you want something that is more of a thriller or like a psychological thriller, highly suspenseful, a lot of action, then this is going to be the perfect book for you. And it's actually kind of funny timing because I was just recently talking to my sister-in-law and she was telling me about a book that her and my brother are listening to on audio. Actually, I think it's a couple books. And so they've kind of gotten into listening to audiobooks together. And for some reason, like I do that with people with podcasts and things like that, but I've never really thought to do it with audiobooks. And I mean, why not? It's literally no different. But there are a couple books that they've really gotten into that are also kind of like psychological thrillers. So since we had just had that conversation when I was reading this book, I had the thought where I was thinking this would also make an excellent book to listen with somebody, maybe like a partner or a friend, just because this book has a very big blockbustery kind of element to it. And the author, Kate Samantz, did such a good job kind of keeping the plot twist a surprise and really burying the lead because as you guys are well aware, I am a very big thriller and suspense reader. It is definitely my guilty pleasure genre, which actually has its downsides and its pitfalls because since I do read so many books in that genre, 
it's getting a little bit harder to find books where I'm completely surprised by the ending. And sometimes I can kind of call it. That doesn't mean that I still don't enjoy the ride up to them because there does need to be other things going on in a novel where it's not just about the surprise or the plot twist. And we'll actually get into that in a second. But this is one that I was really pleasantly surprised that I didn't really see it coming. Like there was one thing that I kind of called and was both right and wrong, which was interesting. And I'm not going to give anything away. I don't like to give away any spoilers, but I think the reason that it was harder to guess and the reason that I was like half right, but also half wrong is because in this book, there are essentially two protagonists who we fluctuate between. So very quickly, let me just go over the plot of the book. Oh, I also forgot to tell you when this was published. So this was just published in 2023, so a very recent publication. But Kate Samantz has written other books, and she was actually shortlisted for a CWA debut dagger for her first novel. So just wanted to put that out there that she is a you know talented writer. But this book in particular is also 387 pages. So it's starting to get a little bit long, but it's a really good length. And ultimately, it's the perfect length for the story that she's telling. So again, the context. So essentially, there's going to be this TV show called Frozen Out, and it takes place on a small kind of dinky little ship off the coast of Greenland. There are six contestants who are competing in this game show, and the game show is essentially around the concept of like leadership. The whole point is to kind of push them to their breaking point because they are competing for a prize of £100,000. So there are actually a couple characters from Scotland, but the majority is from England. So one of our protagonists is Tori Matsuka. She is half Japanese, I believe, but she was born and raised in England. And she is actually the host of this show because it is her production company that is putting it on. It is like her very first show. It is a very big deal because there's a lot of money invested. And her fiance, Will, is also kind of a part of things on the production end. So the stakes are very high because not only is there money at stake, but also her relationship. And the camera woman for this show, this is our other protagonist, is her best friend, Dee. And this is Dee's opportunity to essentially restart her career because she had been previously working as an undercover journalist. And during her time as an undercover journalist, things kind of went awry. Like there's a reason why she's having to kind of restart her career. But I already told you that this book is a thriller. So what ends up happening is all sorts of errors and mishaps. But basically one of the contestants is found dead. But because of Dee's experience, having worked as an undercover journalist, she's able to tell that the death wasn't accidental. And at that point, they also end up getting kind of locked into the ice. So at this point, the book actually becomes very similar to Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile, which if you haven't read it or seen the movie, it is very self-explanatory. There's a death on the ship and essentially one of the passengers is responsible. So very similar in that regard, but the story is definitely its own. So again, though, we have two protagonists. We have Tori, who is the host of the show, and we have Dee, who's her best friend and the camera woman. And that is something that I really enjoyed is having like this dual POV. But we are kind of jumping into a minor dislike for this novel is that I had a very hard time distinguishing between the two of them because Kate Samantz just really wrote in a way that was completely consistent, which was very readable overall. Like she has a great writing style and voice as an author, which is why I will definitely be reading other books of hers for like vacation reads or, you know, when I just want something kind of entertaining because she just has a great way of writing that is like very smooth, very readable. But when it came to writing these two specific characters, different voices, that's where she lost me. But something that she does do, which does help you out as a reader, is she does start every chapter saying D or Tori as like the header. 
So she's already telling you up front, like whose POV you're reading it from every single chapter. It just literally fluctuates between the two of them. And sometimes you have chapters where it's, you know, D in a row. But again, at the start of every single chapter in like big, bold letters, she puts the name of that character. But I think it kind of says something that even with something like that, where she's telling me in big, bold letters, D, Tori, that like I would lose myself sometimes in the chapter and be like, wait, who, who is talking? Like who's POV? Just because the writing is the same for both of them. And obviously, you know who it is based on the context and based on the conversations that are happening. But I did find myself questioning that here and there. And I don't think that I should have. But that doesn't mean that I don't recommend this book. Because again, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I think having two protagonists also helps with the plot twist just because you actually have like two storylines and backgrounds to work with that are essentially of like equal importance. And then you have like even more opportunity for even more plot twists based on each different person and their different stories. Because this is something else and I'm not giving anything away, but both Tori and Dee have definitely kept their fair share of secrets, you could say. So I definitely haven't listened to this on audio. I obviously read the physical book, but again, I do think that this would be a really great book to listen to with somebody else. And I do just want to preface with the fact that I read the physical book because I cannot vouch for the narrator and I'm not really sure how good of a job they may or may not have done, but just based on the plot and the story, because like I said, there is a very big blockbuster element to the story which really got me thinking that I could absolutely see this being adapted into some sort of like limited series. I think one of these like streaming services could do a really good job with like the right budget and everything because there's also a lot of opportunity for like satire because not only are the contestants like very unique and very distinct, almost but not quite in like a knives out kind of way. Like they're not quite as like ludicrous because they're all real people, but they're all very distinct characters. And that's also a similar comparison to Agatha Christie's novel, So while the plot and everything is very serious because somebody dies and somebody on board is clearly the culprit, it's highly suspenseful. They're having to compete in all of these very physically taxing challenges. It's still a cast of characters that is made up of very, you know, distinct, notable characters. And so to kind of clue you in a little bit, you have one contestant by the name of Marco, who was a very successful rugby player who had a pretty big fall from grace. And then you have this woman who's much older, I think in like her 60s, who's kind of this hotel heiress. You have a woman with like short hair and tattoos who runs this like charity for people recovering from addictions, caring for animals. So very unique. And then you also have Tori's ex, who's also a contestant, who's kind of like this Bear Grylls-y type. Like he has his own survivalist show, but he's somebody who also like cares very deeply about like his hair and his aesthetics and looking camera ready and has like a YouTube channel. So there's plenty of opportunity for satire amongst these people and like woven into the story. And again, you know, set in Greenland, these like physical challenges, it's a contestant kind of TV show. I think riding like the coattails of things like Only Murders in the Building, Agatha Christie and Squid Games, like which is a very weird mixture to kind of throw all of those things together. But I think because those things have kind of laid a groundwork and been so successful, it kind of speaks to, I think, what would be the popularity of this book being adapted. But it's just something that would end up having to stay and kind of live in just the entertainment sphere. Because unfortunately, I guess this is kind of another minor dislike for this novel, is that there's not much depth to these characters. And I'm actually not even talking about like the cast of characters that I just ran you through because those people don't really have to be that deep. They can just kind of be like their unique selves and like we just know these like topical things about them. Like it does give them dimension, but we don't need to go like too deep into every single one of them. 
like they are dimensional characters actually like we do kind of learn about marco's struggles with like his children and i don't know if it's his current wife or an ex-wife but he's kind of trying to like prove himself to his family again and clearly i think he also needs the prize money and also helen being this like hotel heiress she talks about being childless and kind of that decision so the characters definitely if they're not already dimensional there's definitely potential to be like even more dimensional but it's really the protagonist that actually fell kind of flat because if you take away the action and you take away the things that they kind of go through and the things that we kind of uncover that they've been keeping a secret there's really not much there and it's kind of disappointing because the whole thing kind of revolves around them right they're the protagonists as well as their friendship with one another because that really ends up being tested through this so while Kate Samantz did an amazing job with the plot and maybe the other characters and sort of the sequence of events, I do think that the protagonists just maybe could have been deeper, more complex, or just more to them. Because that is something that I do enjoy about Helen Callahan's novels is maybe they're not quite as layered. Maybe they're not quite as complex. They are thrillers. They are suspense. There are plot twists to be uncovered. But I do feel like she really has her finger on female characters and specifically their relationships with one another. Because in her book, Nightfall's Still Missing, that's kind of a great comparison to this one because it's kind of about these two best friends or maybe they were former best friends, but there's definitely been tension on their friendship. And that is really a central pillar of the novel and something that she did a great job with and kind of weaving that into something like a thriller novel. Same thing with her most recent book, The Drowning Girls. I actually did a book review on that as well. She applies that same skill, but to a relationship actually between two sisters and the one being slightly older, the one slightly younger and sort of the tensions and struggles between them kind of dealing with their father's passing and maybe the responsibility that one feels to stay close to home, the other kind of getting out, starting her own life and wanting to be as close as they used to be. Like there's just so much there and that's just something that this book was lacking. But this might not be a book that you're reading for that. And I think that's fine as long as you know that going into it, that this is just a book where you're not really going to glean anything from the protagonist. You're not going to get something deeper that's being said, either about people or relationships or any of that. But you are going to walk away with just a very entertaining and suspenseful plot twist thriller. So this book is a little tricky to rate. I think for me, it kind of falls somewhere between a three and a half to a four. I feel like three and a half is a little too harsh, but four is a little too high. But it definitely lives somewhere in between those two because it is one that I was very pleasantly surprised by. It did exceed my expectations. It is one that I actually texted my brother and my sister-in-law and told them, hey, if you guys like to listen to audiobooks together out loud, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So it is something that I definitely recommend to somebody if I kind of know that they're going to like it. But at the same time, you know, to really be a really great read, there just would have had to have been something deeper to these two protagonists. And the thing is, I do have to put this kind of disclaimer because I think the thing is to get it to like a true four or a four and a half. I just think that there needed to be deeper layers or expression of those layers of these two protagonists. Because again, I almost feel like there was more subtlety to the contestants actually, rather than the protagonists. And again, even like their relationship with one another as best friends, I think that there just could have been something a little bit deeper to the novel if you wanted to elevate this like closer to like a five-star read. Just essentially something that kind of sparks that in readers, something to kind of think about on a deeper level. And the thing is, I don't know exactly how that should have been done. I also understand how insanely difficult and taxing it is to write a book and what a huge accomplishment that is. So this is in no way, you know, tearing this book down. Again, it was a very enjoyable read, a very fun read, very big on escapism. 
but it is just something small that I think it was lacking that would have taken it from this, you know, three and a half to four to something closer to like a four and a half or a five. But like I said, I could definitely see this being adapted. I actually really hope it gets adapted. I could definitely see Meryl Streep playing the role of Helen, who is sort of that like hotel heiress type. But like I said previously, this is a good book if you liked Squid Games. It's nowhere near as like intense as something like that, but kind of that like similar concept. It's great if you like Agatha Christie books, specifically Death on the Nile or maybe Murder on the Orient Express. It's also great if you like Knives Out, like I mentioned, or Only Murders in the Building. That's kind of similar. Also a good recommendation if you watched or liked the TV show from 2015 called Unreal. It's actually a TV show about a reality TV show which is sounding very meta, but basically it revolves around the two protagonists, one who is, I think, the camera woman and then somebody else who's the producer. But essentially you're getting that behind the scenes with the camera work and the producers and you know how much is real and how much is unreal. But that similar setup and dynamic is similar to this in that sense. And as always, if you're somebody who has read this or you do end up reading it, feel free to let me know what your thoughts are in the DMs. And that concludes all of the book reviews for this month, but stay tuned for next week because we're going to end the month with a classics and cocktails. And in keeping in line with our theme of Snowbound December, the classic work of literature I'm going to be covering is the first book in the Chronicles of Narnia series, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm actually very excited for this one because I have not reread those books since I was like a child and I really loved the movie as a kid as well. So very excited to reread it as an adult, have some cocktails and give you guys the summary, the play by play. So be sure to tune in for that if you are interested. And as always, the biggest way to support me and what I do is to scroll down to the bottom, hit those five stars or to recommend any episodes to friends. And you can follow along on social media for more content and all sorts of things in between episodes, which is Brutally Honest Books on Instagram and Brutally Honest Book Club on TikTok. And with that said, I will talk to you in the next episode. Mm.